sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And good afternoon. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today here with you on Sports Grid. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. We got you for the next hour talking fantasy sports, reality sports, and of course sports wagering. If you missed any of the first hour of our show, we're here every day from noon to 2 Eastern. And if you're listening on the West Coast, thanks so much for being part of our show today. You can go back on demand and watch all of our shows on our YouTube channel, as well as our Sports Grid radio channel. All the audio, all the video can be found at sportsgrid.com. And if you are a YouTube watcher of ours on demand, make sure you like and subscribe to our show. Please set your notifications to on. And every day when the show is completed, we send it over there. And you can watch if you miss any part of our show today. But, Joe, it's another day in sports. It's a Tuesday. we got NBA games coming up in a little bit. Dicey schedule with so many players being out. The Magic are sitting out for of their starters today so the lines are constantly moving and we have to keep in touch with that and also in major league baseball uh some really key players are going to be sitting out especially in terms of the cleveland indians losing two-fifths of their starting rotation moving forward no i mean uh, in the cleveland situation i know we're going to get to but that's the one that's the one that is so frustrating because it's avoidable and and that's uh, i can't imagine the frustration in that locker room I can't imagine uh, the frustration around just the league that what is it going to take for people to wise up here and make some good decisions? And this is why I think you're having all the discussions around college football. You're having these are professional athletes who refuse to be professional. And that is just mind blowing at this stage in the game. Yeah, I mean, it's and this is my concern for all sports. And and, and I know that they want to play college football and some of them do. And. Uh, you know, one of the players on Ohio State, they they po- Ohio State actually posted a video of him speaking to the team, basically saying, "Hey, look, I'm going into my fifth year. This is it. Uh, I'm going to sacrifice. This is my chance. And for a lot of college football players, this is the only chance that they're going to have to get drafted and play in the NFL." And Joe Burrow, who sent that tweet out yesterday, look at Joe Burrow. He is a perfect example of what one season in college football can sure. do. Kyler Murray is another really good. Kyler Murray would be playing baseball right now had it not been for one season. And I would say if you take a look at the entire first round of the NFL this past year, you could probably find 15 players who did not think that they would be first-round picks going into the 2020 NFL draft. But because of their great senior seasons or junior seasons, they ended up getting there. And so that's the tough part for college football, and certainly we'll have to follow this story as it goes. We'd be guessing to know who's going to play, when they're going to play. The governor of Florida basically had a press conference about 45 minutes ago. I'm seeing some of the results of that, and he's saying that if there are any college football kids that aren't having a chance to play, come join a team in Florida, <laughs> South Florida, Florida, FIU, FAU. I don't know. So, uh, well, that's wow. I was you <laughs> yesterday. Remember, I asked you that question. You said, no, nah, if they cancel it, it's all going to go. I said, I don't know. I feel like somebody's going to try. And if so, I wonder how many kids will jump from school to school. And uh, I mean, I can't fathom the potential chaos in this. I don't know, but just get ready. I'm sure we're going to cover it here every day. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of chaos. Yeah, I can't see one or two conferences playing. I, I, I just, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. I don't impossible. think you're wrong. It's just, it's just miraculous though. Like we just, we don't have, we still don't have, I would say any more clarity today than we did yesterday. No. 
and we have no clarity of Florida ever. So I would not take anything that <laughs> we said right now. Yeah, just come play for the Gators as if it's that easy to crack onto the Gators roster after they have you know the, the number three recruiting uh, class in the country. It's just some of the stuff that's said is not realistic. But okay, let's take a look at the headlines today on Fantasy Sports Today. Mike Clevenger is the second member of the Indians to break protocol and has now been quarantined. I don't know how long that is for, but given what other players have had to do in the NBA and in the NFL, you're looking at seven to ten days at the very least. So. I uh, don't know that you'll have Clevenger the rest of this week, maybe not next week as well. Mike Trout hit two home runs yesterday. We don't get to see a lot of it because it's late where we are, maybe not where you are watching, but for us it is late, and the Angels end up beating the A's. Big win for the Angels. They're in last place. Mets' Marcus Stroman, he opts out of the 2020 season. The Mets, they thought they had seven really strong starting pitchers going into the season. I would say right now they have one. So that ended pretty quickly. Nebraska says they're willing to play outside the Big Ten if somebody wants to take them into their conference, and I'm sure that there will be some other teams that are willing to do that too. We'll update on college football as we go. The Nuggets had a big win over the Lakers uh, yesterday with a late three-pointer there to give you a push, essentially, if you took uh, L.A. late. If you took Denver early, you got the five and you got the win there. Uh, six straight wins for the Suns. They win 128 to 101, uh, 121, excuse me. They're going to be a really tough team, I think, when the playoffs start and the regular season ends a little bit later on in the week for the NBA. And then we get into the playoffs and Major League Baseball is considering having a bubble for the postseason as well, according to ESPN. And so, Joe, as we welcome in our radio listeners, uh, no question that that could be the way to go about it. But I think discipline is going to be way more important, as we talked about in the first hour. Simply put, if you have one player that decides to do the wrong thing, it can derail a team. It can derail a league. And that is what absolutely needs to be understood. And the only way that the NFL is going to play an entire season is if these guys all decide they're going to do nothing. And that's a hard proposition to ask. It is. It's a very difficult one, but again, there's a lot less guaranteed money out there and uh, perhaps a little bit uh, different terms of policing each other in locker rooms in the NFL. I think the NFL locker room is a very different one than the Major League Baseball locker room. Uh, so that's something to also consider whether or not uh, these guys can get through to each other. And, uh, you know, it's very difficult when, you know, certain players and certain leadership roles aren't there. Uh, look, there's certainly reason to be concerned here uh, when you look at the NFL, but I am still confident that they're going to find a way to play with or without certain players. The league will go on. And one more note of the NFL, too, Lamar Miller got signed yesterday by the Patriots. So all those early Damian Harris shares I've been getting because of Sony Michelle looking at him potentially as not starting the season on time. I'd love to have some preseason games. I'm not going to get them to see how healthy Lamar Miller is, but he might be a guy in standard leads to start speculating on late. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with more fantasy sports today right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, 
Welcome back. Craig and Joe here with you on Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today, every Monday through Friday from noon to 2 Eastern and soon to be in other places as well. And we'll tell you all about that next week here on the show as we get closer to the football season, the fantasy football season, and we close in on the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Yes, that's actually coming up in a couple of weeks from now. Before we get back to some of the matchups today, Joe, on FanDuel, in terms of baseball, we're going to look at the Twins and Brewers and A's and Angels. Are, are you all in on the next iPhone? It looks like another iPhone's coming out here in a couple of months. I don't know how they were able to produce this thing in time, but good job by them, I guess. Uh, I, I I feel like I get a new iPhone every year or every other year. I, I don't. I usually don't go for the spring one. I go for the fall one. And I, and I think, as if, if I'm not mistaken, you're not even a an iPhone user, if I'm not mistaken, right? You're an Android That's guy. Correct. Is that correct? That's correct. I'm an Android guy. It's because Apple's always so difficult every year to get the book on. I remember a lot of the struggles of getting the fantasy black book on Apple, the hoops I had to jump through. And I just said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to jump through any more hoops for you and then buy your product. And the next year you sell me a product that I can't use headphones in. And then I have to buy the other thing. And then I got to buy these other pods. And then you're going to send me a, an extra string that goes to the earphones. And no, no, I'm not going to play your game, Apple. And it's just, it blows my mind. That every year they can come out with a new iPhone and people are like lined up. I would see them lined up in spots for this phone. I, I just I don't get it. I don't understand it. But hey, that's okay. Clearly there's a demand. Clearly that's why you have what is it? Twelve now? Is that what we're up to? Twelve. I think there so. You go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm uncertain at this point. I, I think in the end, I'm never one of the ones that lines up, but I do make the purchase in the first month or two, and I and I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I are you see on what the ten now are. still? Or are you on eleven? Where what number are you at? Oh man, I'm not sure. You don't even know. Uh, you don't even know. See, that's what they do to you. I don't. They know. loop you in, and then you don't even know what, what you're in anymore. I'm on the biggest yeah. one. I have the biggest one. Whatever it is, it's like this huge. It's like a computer. You just carry on the giant computer yeah, around with it. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, it's a tablet that goes in your back pocket, basically. <laughs> yeah, I got to watch Sports Grid. I need a good video, you know? That's true. You need a good video to watch Sports Grid. That's true. And if this doesn't make it a commercial, I don't know what will. Yeah, there you go. No extra money, but a good plug. Okay, so uh, let's go over a couple of games that are key games in both wagering, fantasy, and reality tonight. Let's start off in Milwaukee, where the Brewers are taking on the hot-hitting Minnesota Twins, and a basically minus 110 or minus 105 to win 100. That's the way baseball lines work, by the way. Once you get below minus 110, you're a, you're a minus on the other side, too. So there's no real plus. There's no advantage there. Although, if you do take the Twins, you're laying a little bit less juice. The total is nine in the game. If Tyler Clippard being a starter looks odd, it is because he's just <laughs> opening up the game for the rest of the bullpen today. It's what he's doing. And Clipper, it's really remarkable, the career that this guy has put together, that he's still pitching and pitching at a high level. He keeps getting a one-year deal every year to pitch with someone else. Clipper's ERA 1.17, seven strikeouts and limited action. Josh Lindblom's been okay for the Brewers. This is pretty much what you thought. Three, number three starter, four starter. It's pretty much what he's been. 4.15 earned run average there. And the Brewers certainly have not had a good season. And, and who knows where they're headed at this point. One of their team leaders, Lorenzo Cain, opted out. I think that was a big, big uh, deal for them from a leadership point of view. And then, of course, Christian Yelich, with the exception of basically two days this season, has not looked like the guy that has won the MVP. And that's why you're staring at that record right now at home. The Brewers, who were awesome at home in the past, are 1-5. and five at the start of the season tonight, Joe. And so really hard to go against the Twins and go in this ballpark here. 
The only thing going for Milwaukee is that they're, you know, basically they have a starter and the Twins do not. But I've learned to not bet against the Twins, at least in this early part of the season. So this would just be a pass for me tonight. Yeah, I'm with you too. We talked about this one this morning on the DFS podcast to do and same kind of feeling, you know, Lindblom is in that seven K range or so, which is really tempting because the last outing was pretty good, but man, this is a tough lineup to go against. If you like it as a one-off and a multi-entry GPP, if you want to just get a little weird, okay. But to me, I think it might be lighting money on fire. And after Clipper, you're probably going to get smelter later after him. So if any time to get Christian Yelich right, this would certainly be it. And things were trending at least in the, the right direction over the weekend. And Keston here has been that one guy in this lineup I would continue to use. I think that's the guy you target today. If you want to cherry pick one guy out of this lineup, he's still in that low 3K range in terms of salary. He hit another home run last night. Here is one of these guys that, you know, it's just one of these professional hitters. I think he could win a batting title someday. I really do. And uh, I think that's the piece I'm going after. And it's a, it's a good home run friendly ballpark. And the Twins are a home run team. So obviously Rosario is always the guy here to target because he's a little cheaper than Cruz. If you're trying to save some cash, but if you want to pay up for the premium for Cruz or Polanco or any of the other bats in this lineup, you can, uh, the trick is once again, you know, you could see the bullpen kind of being better than you anticipate and then, you know, maybe getting to a slug fest also. So when you have these four potential outcomes, it's dangerous. The one thing I would look at is that total of nine. And I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on that, Craig. Do you think this is one you would lean over or under based on the quality of bats and the potential of one side going really deep into the bullpen really early in this game. Yeah, I think the twins are, are built for these kind of games and they have three strong arms at the back of the bullpen. Uh, Hater hasn't been used enough where he can still get used tonight. So uh, probably I would just pass entirely. Mm-hmm. The number would seem to indicate an over because it's nine. But uh, for me, I just, I, I really don't see any advantage. And until the brewers bats start hitting a lot more, I, I, I can't just, just blanket an, an over on them. I mean, Logan Morrison wasn't a big part of their team. They just let him go. Like they, they're just, they just need more offense from anywhere that they can get it. They haven't gotten it thus far. So, uh, no. just and by the way, your boy me. Dobnek last night, uh, fantasy reality did leave that game with an ERA still under one. So you were right. Good job yeah, on that. By the way, lucky. I'm still waiting for my, uh, my Chris Bubik prize, which I have not yet received in case anyone is keeping tabs on that. I just want you to know in the mail, Craig, Greg, yeah, it's in the mail. It's in the mail, everybody. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Check Venmo. Okay, Tuesday's marquee matchups. We move on to another late game. We've got Oakland and the Los Angeles Angels. I cannot imagine they're going to play this game tonight, not knowing if Loriano is suspended or not. But as of we are doing the show live right now, we have no idea. How, I mean, what are they doing with this? Are they not going to make an announcement for days? I mean, how long does it take to look at video? No announcement yet. The total is nine. Loriano is a big part of this team. Clearly, the A's have been on fire with the exception of yesterday. And no pun intended, Mike Fires takes them out. He's not been great for them at the start of the season. 1-0 with a 5.63. And here's another Dylan Bundy start coming tonight. Bundy's been one of the best pitchers in the American League, no doubt. 2-1, 2.08 earned run average. The A's, of course, are uh, are phenomenal. Um, nine and one in their last ten. The Angels are not phenomenal. They have the worst record in the American League at six and eleven. That's even with their win last night. So Joe, uh, they're they're a huge favorite tonight. The Angels here behind Bundy, and that's that's sort of the belief that he's going to continue to do what he has done, and this will probably be the biggest test that he's had so far this season. Yeah, I think you nailed it. This will be the test. 
And I don't know if I want to have my money on the line of the test of Dylan Bundy. I don't know if he's quite earned that after three starts. And I think that's something you have to ask yourself as well out there. We're potentially looking at this game and thinking, okay, it's just easy. It's fine. And this is another reason why uh, in the last section before we were talking in hour one about DFS things, a wheeler just, a, again, not $700 cheaper than Dylan Bundy. And I think a sure, a sure thing for sure for a win. Uh, potentially against the Orioles, then against this lineup here in Oakland. And Oakland is a team that's always nicely priced on FanDuel. You know, they give you a lot of breaks on that late sleep because they're trying to get you involved in some of the later games and some isolating. And Oakland last year was one of these trends too. Olsen, Chapman, Luriano, all these guys were always relatively lower priced by comparison to their talent level. And you're seeing that again today. Uh, I think this is a real important wait and see game because I think if Dylan Bundy comes out of this one with or without Luriano in this lineup, I think this is going to tell you what kind of season we're going to get from Dylan Bundy. And if he doesn't come out of this one very well, then I think it puts into question, what did we see the first three games? And was it a bit of a mirage? And uh, me personally, I want to wait back and see before I start putting my money involved in this one, Craig. But uh, do you have a different idea? Perhaps you are uh, a little bit more, I don't know, comfortable, let's say, with where Dylan Bundy's at right now against this lineup. And particularly if Loriano is not in it. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it best. I think that this is the real test tonight, and I think that if he pitches well, you have to have a lot more confidence in the pitcher moving forward. Coming off a complete game, if this guy goes out and throws seven innings of two-run ball, then I think what we're seeing is legit. Oakland is legit. They're as hot as any team in baseball. Uh, Loriano is an excellent player, but he shouldn't be the difference as to whether or not the A's win this game. I'm going to take Oakland. Uh, plus 130 here tonight, and I'm going to believe what we've seen from Bundy is false, not to the extent of Chatwood, but I don't think that this is the Dylan Bundy uh, that I've seen the last few years unless there's a complete and total transformation. We'll be back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid, and it's fantasy football time. And when I think about fantasy football, I think of young rising stars, and we've got another one for you, too. It's one of my good friends from Pro Football Focus. He's one of the full-time fantasy folks over there. Couldn't be a nicer guy. I don't know what Harry Potter house he's in. We already talked about that before uh, he came on air. We'll find that out as well. That's a tease. But in the meantime, we'll get to some fantasy football first. So, Andrew Erickson, welcome back to the show, my friend. How's it going? What's up, Joe? Thanks for having me on, and I'm definitely a Gryffindor. That's oh, my, that's my look at you. Gr- I'm a Slytherin, could you tell? Could you tell? <laughs> of course, of course. What else? But that's why we get along. There's like a good give and take there, the light and the dark and all that stuff. All right, so let's get at it. Obviously, over the weekend, the Washington football team uh, made uh, some moves here, uh, including um, letting go of Darius Geis uh, due to domestic violence issue, and uh, good on them and uh, good on the organization because clearly they have – a lot of work to do to remake that organization. But from a fantasy perspective now, this puts us in a precarious situation. So, Andrew, is it as easy as saying, well, everything just defaults to the old guard of Adrian Peterson? Or are we possibly looking at uh, one of the, you know, the rookie here or somebody else stepping up? Is it Gibson? Is it somebody else stepping up into this void sooner than later to unseat Adrian Peterson? 
Yeah, so for right now, it looks like Adrian Peterson is going to be the main guy. I don't know if we've really seen anybody unseat unseat Adrian Peterson at this point. You look at the last two seasons, he has almost 500 touches in the last two seasons, which is ranked top 10, and he's entering his age 35 season. So it's going to be a tough t- task for you know a rookie to come in who has 77 touches you know on his career resume in college. Obviously, he was super productive with the op- limited opportunities that he had. He essentially broke ha- he broke like a tackle basically on every single touch he had. So or er- about half the touches he had in college. So I think that Gibson has a lot of upside. But I think that in doing my research, talking about the Washington team, basically the running backs coach said he's like Clay when it comes to the running back position. So he's definitely not like, ready to go. 20 attempts a game. That's not right. going to happen. It's going to take some time. He kind of profiles somewhat as a gadget player. And a lot of times we think that, oh, they're going to have a great package. He's going to be amazing, but it's usually very limited. So I'm not going to necessarily go go into the Gibson pool and be, hey, this is going to be the main guy. I do think that he's interesting sleeper appeal later in drafts. But I actually think that Bryce Love is actually pretty interesting as well. He's the former Stanford back, mm-hmm. missed all of last season with an injury. He was a Heisman candidate back in 2017, and his skill set is a full three-down workload type of back. So if anything would happen to Peterson, I would almost assume that Love would take on more of the overall carries. And then obviously you'd see like a Peyton Barber working as well. But at this point, Peyton Barber is pretty much dust. His numbers are terrible. Right. So I would take I think that entering like leaving drafts, I think taking a shot on Gibson is, is good as long as his ADP doesn't get too high. But I think Bryce Love as like a last pick in like a best ball or something or just in any draft that's like deeper, especially with rosters expanding this year. I think Bryce Love is interesting for sure. Yeah. And that's the whole thing I keep making. The point is that if Antonio Gibson is continues to be suppressed ADP, that's fine. But I feel like what people are want to do is just take the new guy and just automatically anoint him. And I think that's kind of dangerous here because especially the first six weeks of the season, it would feel like AP would probably be the default guy. And not that he is super exciting from a fantasy standpoint, but we're always looking for volume and you know, you're going to need all the bodies you can get as always. Cause it's fantasy football. So I definitely agree with your approach there. And love is an interesting name too. Uh, I wasn't even thinking about him, but you're right. That's a great other name to pay attention to in best ball, especially uh, let, let's chat about the tight end position too. I know you've got a new piece out there on PFF regarding the tight end position. And I'm curious what your approach is going into it, because I know we have that Travis Kelsey. I always say like an elite tier by himself. Then we've got Ertz. And and Kittle. And then I feel like after that, it's that soft middle that we like with the Darren Wallers of the world and Mark Andrews. But is there an approach where you would prefer to wait on tight end or are you somebody that's a little bit more aggressive at the position in order to get a little bit of an advantage at that position or roster spot? Yeah, I'm not so much into the soft middles. You know, I'm really looking for those abs, Joe. That's oh, <laughs> I love the soft middle, baby. The soft middle's where it's at. You're totally wrong. You'll see someday. You'll see. So, so the way I look at the tight end position, it's you're either all the way in with one of the elite guys, right? George Kittle's, Travis Kelsey's. I like Mark Andrews as well. I think that he is kind of in that tier of players. And then after that, I'm basically kind of punting the position going into the later rounds and taking a couple stabs at some of these later guys. There's a lot of guys I like a lot late. Mm-hmm. Johnny Smith is probably my favorite one. It's funny because you ask anybody, oh, who's your favorite tight end breakout? And they'll list up like 10 guys. So right. that doesn't help a lot of people. 
It's like, all right, well, if I'd well, like- It doesn't help in the one. sense that you could get more than one. See, because I, I'm more like you. I'd rather just wait and then just take a shot on two guys. And some people say, well, I don't want to have two tight ends at my roster. And I say, well, why not? Because if last year you took a shot on a tight end and one of them was Darren Waller and one was some other jabroni and the jabroni stunk, you ended up with a, a true tight end one. So why not early on take that kind of shot early on in a draft and say, you know what? I, I'm going to go and take two guys and then see how the, the first few weeks of the season play out here. Do you think that's an approach where you can get behind because there are so many names like the Hayden Hursts and like Noah Fant and Johnny Smith? Do you think that's like actually viable this year? Yeah, I definitely think so, especially with the predict, you know, looking at the season, there's probably going to be guys at this time. That's why it's, it's kind of scary to invest so much into the tight end position, because if that position like blows up, you could be, you know, you might be screwed. So especially investing all that draft capital, it's not the fact that, oh, I can't replace them. It's like, it's, oh my God, I just missed out on a running back at this position. I didn't take, you know, a top tier wide receiver, or a top tier running back because it's tough to find those other positions later in the draft for sure. So I like going with the tight end position. It's basically George Kittle for me in the elite tier. Mm-hmm. I just think that his opportunity with no Debo Samuel early on, right. Jimmy Garoppolo has a really favorable schedule. And I actually looked at, it's actually interesting. If you look at George Kittle's numbers last year, four of his five touchdowns scores last year, even though he got a bunch of them called back because of penalties, right. four of his four of his five touchdowns last year came with Debo Samuel not on the field. Mm. So that's an interesting nugget for, for those out there. And I, I think that's pretty indicative of his performance and what it could potentially be without Debo Samuel during the beginning of the season. I think it's going to be Garoppolo just like completely setting up George Kittle for success. Cause I just don't think, you know, I mean, I'm not There's a Jordan. Not a lot of I'm, not, there. I'm not a Jordan Reed believer. Just I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I, I, I think that's safe to say. I think you're safe there. But you're right. There's not a lot of options. You got the rookie in Ayuk. You got Kendrick Bourne. But you know, I mean, Debo is is a is a great talent. I'm a big fan of his. But you make a great point. If if he's not there, then it's a good chance that Kittle sees a little bit more, especially in the red zone potentially as well. Now, now what is it about Johnny Smith so much that makes him the buzz name for you? Because it is one of these guys that every analyst is talking about. And, you know, we, we've also all talked about the Trey Burtons of the world, too. So what makes Johnny Smith different here in this approach in 2020 that he can actually live up to some of the hype that he's getting this offseason? So I looked at a lot of different numbers and metrics in terms of, you know, how can I identify the breakout tight ends, such as, you know, their opportunity, you know, where do they rank in the pecking order in terms of target share? Do they make their plays after the catch? Do they get targeted downfield? And all of those categories, John New Smith kind of checks off the boxes, you know, looking at, okay, AJ Brown is there, but that's really it. He's a yards after the catch monster. He mm-hmm. can make plays with the ball in his hand. You don't, he's not necessarily dependent on Ryan Tannehill going down the field. He can make plays with the ball in his hand. Corey Davis is on the pup list. So I just don't see another receiver necessarily emerging here. And the other thing as well, tight ends and running backs, I've done a study on PFF, basically their targets are negatively correlated to one another. What what running back doesn't catch passes? Derrick Henry. So so that's one of the things I pinpoint, like where a guy like Noah Fant, okay, right. he had, he has like tons of running backs in right. the backfield that have that catch targets and catch passes. And and one of the biggest things as well is Tannehill was super successful play action last year. Mm-hmm. Play action. Don't throw the ball to the running back on play action. <laughs> or it also looks really weird. It certainly does. You're not wrong about that. But listen, I know so, we have a couple of minutes left too. And I, I want to hit uh, one more thing because you got a great piece up on PFF about this, which is sample size. And when you have a small sample size from a previous year, sometimes it can really be a fantasy boon and sometimes it can be a fantasy bust. So 
what sort of sample sizes were you looking at that you think might be leading people down the wrong path and by the, you know, possibly becoming a value as well based on what you saw in a small sample size last year? So the biggest one I will look at was Matthew Stafford. And basically anytime anyone talks about Matthew Stafford, they're like, oh, like career numbers, un unreal production. <laughs> and I listen to that. I'm like, yeah, that's what it was. But everyone is just kind of carrying over what he did into this year. You know, he's going as a quarterback 12, which it's not an egregious price, but he only played half of the season. Whereas everyone is basically punting off Ryan Tannehill, who played for 14 games and was better. So everyone screams regression when it comes to Tannehill. But with Stafford, everyone just kind of, oh, well, he'll continue it. You know, he'll continue to be a great quarterback because we've seen him longer. And I just I just don't think I think that you need to if you're going to tell a regression with one of them, you need to do with the other one. So I think that Matthew Stafford is someone that's interesting. And that's also that kind of brings up Marvin Jones as well. People talk about his touchdowns, but he's done this so many times. He's had three seasons where he's had at least nine touchdowns next season. His touchdowns dropped by 50 percent. Every mm -hmm. single year, every single yeah. year. So I just like I'm not into Marvin Jones. I, I think that he's kind of like a deteriorating asset anyway. I like Hawkinson. I think that Hawkinson will actually kind of emerge as that number two receiver. I mean, Marvin Jones has been banged up the last two years and he's 30, man. So, I mean, he's going in a similar range of like a Will Fuller. And I'm all about buying all the Will Fuller that I can with with the with uh, the outside. Oh, that's that, that's <laughs> such a tough that you know what, Len, and, and I'm kind of with you there on it. And it's almost like you hate yourself for doing it. Because you you know the downside, like you know the injuries are coming, you know it's Will Ford, but you look around and there's just nobody out there. And Will Ford, when he's on the field, he's been efficient and he's got a good rapport with Watson. So uh, small sample size is pretty much Will Fuller's nickname. I can tell you that much. <laughs> like that, he is the king of small sample size, and and Andrew is the king of fantasy. So if you go over to Pro Football Focus, make sure you go follow him on Twitter as well at Andrew Erickson underscore some great stuff there again about the tight ends he's got up there. He's also got some great stuff about these small sample sizes that is really important football. Hey, we're getting closer and closer, my friend. I'm very excited. I'm glad you can make it back on the show. And uh, I hope to be in some drafts with you this year because I don't I haven't been in one and I don't know what that's all about. Not even a mock. What's going on? What's up with that? I mean, you just got to step up your game, man. You got to play some real competition. Oh, there's a belt behind me that says, I know what I'm doing, my <laughs> friend. I don't, I don't see your belt back there. I see a Brady jersey, though, which I, I do enjoy. You know that. All right, Andrew, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you soon, brother. We're going to hit a break. More fantasy sports today right here on Sports Grid right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, thanks, and welcome back again, Andrew Erickson. Catch all of his work over at Pro Football Focus, and uh, great job in that interview with uh, you, Joe, and with Andrew, and hopefully we'll have a chance to hear from him again throughout the season. Uh, look for all of our interviews over on demand over on our YouTube channel, 
which is Sports Grid, aptly named, and go on over there. You can watch our shows anytime you want, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Get ready for fantasy football season is a great way to do it. And, Joe, uh, I know we'll have another guest tomorrow on the show. Is that right? That's right. Jen Ryan from Football Diehard is going to join us. We're going to have Davis Maddock later in the week from our own Roto Experts here at the network. And next week, we're going to line up some big guests as well, talking fantasy football, getting everybody prepped up because Craig has a responsibility to the baseball community to make sure we're getting all the baseball we can. And I know we're also simultaneously in draft season. It's kind of a weird thing here, uh, this cross-section of uh, what sports are right now. So uh, we're trying to make sure we hit everything for you. But uh, look, great stuff there from Andrew Erickson. And we're going to try to uh, continue also to get a lot of female voices here on the show, too. I think underappreciated, underrepresented in the fantasy community, especially the fantasy football one. There's a lot of great female voices. So I'm going to continue to bring you those here on Sports Grid whenever I can. All right, very good. Also, uh, Susan Slusser, who covers the A's for the San Francisco Chronicle, reported about 10 minutes ago that this afternoon Major League Baseball will levy their suspensions in the brawl between the Oakland A's and Houston Astros. So that will be coming later today. Those of you who are playing in DFS, if you're interested in that game, you may want to wait and see what happens, whether or not Loriano will be in or out, I think is a foregone conclusion. It's just a matter of how many games he gets and potentially maybe some on the Houston Astros side as well. So Scott Farrell will have you updated a little bit later when he goes coast to coast. Let's wrap our show up today with our little game of fantasy or reality. And we start off with question number one, fantasy or reality. The uh, year is 2030, and a Major League Baseball team is in Buffalo. That is our question today for fantasy or reality. Of course, the Toronto Blue Jays are going to play their first home game of the season tonight against the Miami Marlins. And so, Joe, I will ask you this question, fantasy or reality, a Major League Baseball franchise is headed to Buffalo in the next 10 years. <laughs> fantasy or reality? Man, this is tough because I would love for this to happen. Uh, Buffalo, is a, Buffalo is a good town, man. I, I like Buffalo. And, and I got to see uh, more than one game there, uh, football side. And uh, let me tell you, I mean, Bill's Mafia, I understand they get a lot of, a lot of heat. And some of it is is viable. They deserve some of it, lighting fires uh, onto tables and putting people through them. And they do a lot of crazy things. But I've also experienced the other side of that uh, Buffalo sports landscape, which is, you know, people let you park, you know, for five bucks on their lawn so you can go to the, the game. And it's just a weird combination of small town and big city at the same time. And it's a really cool place. And uh, I think it would be fantastic to get a team pair, but I just don't see major league baseball putting it there. Unfortunately, I can't imagine what April baseball would be like in Buffalo either. You think it's bad. Sometimes we get snow in Colorado in some of these games to start the year. Could you imagine what Buffalo is going to give you? But I don't know as much as I'd love to say, yes, I'm going to say it's a fantasy, but I would be fine with it. I think there's some other, uh, some other cities out there too, that we could really start having some major league baseball teams that would actually draw better where some current ones are right now. So maybe some realignment would be fun. But, Craig, how about you? Buffalo on the docket for you in the future for MLB? I'm going to say fantasy. I, I think that, like you, would be cool to see April would have to be a big question mark as to whether or not the season could get started there at all. And then I think late September would also be a question mark as well because of the weather. The reality is this, is that we have a lot of fun speculating about expansion teams and baseball teams changing locations in the last 40 years. How many of them have actually happened? Really? You have the Washington Nationals moving from Montreal. You have the Tampa Bay Rays. And you have the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then, of course, five years before that, you had the Marlins and Rockies. You don't have a lot of movement in baseball. You have a lot of talk about it. And we could, and we could have hours and hours of conversations about relocating and expansion and everything else. 
But baseball basically doesn't do it for once every 20 years. We are approaching that mark since the Nationals came in business from Montreal, and certainly there is a chance of that happening. But given the landscape of this country right now and the financial situation for some of these teams over the last year, I don't think any team is headed anywhere. So I will say fantasy in terms of Buffalo. Now, not far from Buffalo is Toronto, and let's move on to the NHL playoffs. They resume today, coming up in about an hour from now. There's going to be four games. we got the Blue Jackets taking on the Lightning. Calgary takes on Dallas, Carolina, Boston, and Chicago versus Vegas. No Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup since 1993. We got Calgary, Montreal, and Vancouver all in it. Fantasy or reality, Joe, a team from Canada wins the Stanley Cup in 2020. Fantasy or reality? Oh, goodness. I love playoff hockey. I really do. Uh, I wish I was more informed to make this sort of decision. So I'm just going to have some fun and say... Reality. Let's get uh, let's get Canada uh, another Stanley Cup here, please. I mean, goodness, it's it's the national game up there, uh, and I'm sure it would be a feel good story in an otherwise tumultuous and terrible 2020 for everybody. But yeah, I think it would be nice there. So I'm just gonna go with the good narrative. I'm not gonna overthink this one too much. You could pick any one of those teams. I hope it's one of them. It's probably not going to be, but I'm gonna say reality. Canada gets a cup back. Greg Mish, you want to feel good story or you're going to keep it in America? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say this is a fantasy. And and the teams that we have left over, I think Calgary maybe with the best shot. Uh they were 10 games over 500 at the, in the regular season, but with teams like uh Boston and teams like yeah, Tampa yeah. Bay and Vegas, I I just I don't I watched see it some happen. of the Vegas game this weekend on the was it Saturday or Sunday. One of the days I was watching some of the Vegas game and you know, I tell you playoff hockey even without a crowd is playoff hockey. You know why? But you get the great announcing in it too. Well, the announcing is so energetic and it's just so fraught with these emotional moments and things like that. It didn't matter if there was anybody in the building. I was like, I had the goosebumps just listening to some of the announcers, the way they call those games. And great tribute to them as broadcasters, too. I'm sure it's a little harder to quite get that same excitement without the feel of the crowd. People forget not just the players, the broadcasters as well sometimes. Not that feeling in the building creating it, or should I say recreating it in the in the absence of uh, a crowd. Great job on them. Some of the announcers for the hockey this weekend, which is absolutely brilliant. Well done. All right, let's end it with a little NBA today. Now, uh, in fairness to our producer, Brett Levy, I think that he's constructed a very good question, but I think that we probably should have included uh, a wager on this. Now, that being said, there have been some monster upsets, of course, in the NBA, but realistically speaking, I'm not sure that we could do this one without the spread, but we'll give it a whirl. Uh, Phoenix Suns today will tip off against the Philadelphia 76ers at 4.30 Eastern. Ben Simmons, of course, had surgery, and he is out. Joel Embiid was announced that he is out of this game as well. Phoenix is red hot. They're 6-0. and But the big problem with our fantasy reality question for today is, is that this line has shot up from 7.5 to 10. Phoenix is 10-point favorites over Philadelphia today, and Philly, of course, Probably not going to be even caring about this game today. So the question is, will they cover? But for purposes of the show, fantasy or reality, the Phoenix Suns will make it 7-0 and in the bubble today at 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific. Joe, fantasy or reality? As Chris Kofsky said, the Suns are hot. I'm going to say reality, 8-0. Look, look, right now the 76ers are hurting, literally and figuratively. And like you said, there's nothing to play for here for them. So just don't get anybody else hurt. So for me, I don't know if that 10 is really that crazy of an idea. I don't know if it's pushing the envelope, certainly. 
But um, right now, nobody's playing much better than the Suns, and nobody has more injuries to deal with right now currently than the Sixers. So it's a bad combination of things as far as I'm concerned. So I'd look for the Suns to be perfect here. 8-0 in the bubble. Who would have thought it? Look at that. Look at those Suns go. What about you, Craig? You going for the full uh, clean sweep here? No, he's already shaking his head. He's already negative. About yeah, it. I mean, look, you know, Brett does a great job producing, and of course, he's been in the NBA before, and uh, and and he, and he doesn't even use the spread here today. It's just a big letdown Whoa, here. Of course, the Phoenix Suns. Taking the task, Jesus. I mean, come on. Of here. course, the Suns are going to win this game today, and they're going to go eight and zero in the bubble, and they may not cover. They may only win by two or three or four or seven or nine. But this is too easy, man. It's a reality, no doubt. The Suns not only are they playing good in the regular season, they're going to be the hottest team going into the postseason. DeAndre Ayton is back. Uh, you know, they're firing on all cylinders. They have some really young players as well. And I'm not as worried about the 76ers. I, I think that, look, with Simmons out, it definitely creates a problem for them. And they may get bounced in the first round. But, look, if I'm just looking from a betting perspective against the spread, I think that they'll probably have some value going into the playoffs for all of the reasons that we're illustrating because everyone is going to be so down on them. I'll probably take them plus the points um, as we get toward that. But uh, for this game in particular, Suns are winning. It may not be by 10 but they're going to go 8-0 in the bubble, and you're not going to bet the money line on this game unless you want to give money away. So it's just not worth doing. And speaking of bubbles, what do you think about this uh, idea that's floating around for Major League Baseball with the bubble for the playoffs potentially? Do you think this is what we're going to end up with, neutral sites, or do you think this is just a lot of pre-planning at the end of the day Uh, they're going to go back to business as usual? Yeah, tough, tough. I I think it, it makes a lot of sense to have the World Series in one spot, but then again, you I, I don't think that you could have it. Like, let's say hypothetically it's, let's say Yankees-Dodgers, which is probably what everybody wants to see, although I would not rule out Minnesota and some others. But let's just say it's Yankees-Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Could you legitimately just have all the games in Yankee Stadium? That's not fair to the Dodgers. I don't, I don't think you can do that, even with no mm-hmm. fans. I think that you want to sleep in your own bed if you have the opportunity to. So if they do a neutral site, Joe, it's going to have to be somewhere in mid-America, like maybe Chicago or, or somewhere else. I was just going to say, and, wouldn't it be great to have it in Wrigley Field? Like, you want to have it in some historic kind of field ballpark. I don't think it'll be, but why would you choose that for the cold? I don't think that you would choose that. No, that's the, that's well, it's a good point. It's, it, there's so many questions here. Of number one, the weather. Number two, the environment. Number three, what about the clubhouses? Right? Do, would you have somebody be in the home clubhouse? And the home clubhouse in most places is much nicer than the visitor clubhouse, yeah, obviously. But then again, you don't want them to swap halfway through because then you got to clean everything. I guess you're cleaning everything every day anyway. It doesn't matter. But there's a lot of weird little moving parts with this whole thing where it seems really good on the surface, but I don't know at the end of the day if it's just easier to just get everybody and keep doing what you're doing. And, and it's. I mean, if you had to pick one neutral site, where would it be? I mean, would it be somewhere well, out there biased. in a warm weather place? I'm biased. Look, I'm biased, but there's no shot of the World Series being played in Miami now, given what's going on in Florida. No, so that's no, out. No, I think that no. there's also no shot of it happening in Arizona, which would be the second spot that they would go to, and Arizona's had issues. So it, it, for, for me, if I had to pick a spot where they should hold the World Series and the team that I think that would be most deserving of it because of the situation, it would be Texas. I would have it in the new ballpark in Texas. That's where, if, if they could, I mean, that is a shame. You open up a brand new ballpark and you can't have True. a single fan there all season long. Um, you know, that costs money to build stadiums. So to me, their new ballpark in Arlington. But again, I don't know what Texas' situation is, how close it is in terms of Florida or Arizona having the COVID issues. I'm not really sure. I can't speak to that. But that would be my choice. If they were going to do a neutral site, I, I don't know that they can, though. I, I, don't, I don't know that that's fair. 
But well, here's a question too, and you probably know this better than most. These newer ballparks, like the one in Texas now, I would imagine the visitor side of the thing is a lot better than some other visitor sides where you can kind of say, okay, it's not a home field, but still you feel like you're not in the, you know, slammed into this little tiny area because, you know, some of that stuff matters for some of these teams and they get, you know, uppity about it sometimes. Yeah, I was at the All Star game a couple of years ago, and Cincinnati's visiting clubhouse is not that bad. It is it is pretty spacious, and so I don't know that they would have it in Ohio, but like that's a good example of a place that's that was only built about ten years ago that definitely could house the second team and have a fair uh, deal there for the World Series. But look, we'll we'll have to see what happens. Baseball has a lot of decisions to make uh, upcoming in the future, and our producer Brett Levy said he's going to take the 76ers plus three seventy on the money line today. So, uh, Brett, I'm going to send you. <laughs> Venmo, whenever you want to take a uh, you know, chance, just send it on over after the uh, after the show, after that's all over. All right, uh, coming up next here on Fantasy Sports Today, it is time for us to end with the Sports Grid 60, and then Joe and I will be right back here tomorrow at noon for another edition of our show. Also, don't forget, if you stay on the grid the rest of the day over on sportsgrid.com, you can catch the very funny, great Scott Farrell going coast to coast coming up a little bit later today. We'll be right back to wrap it up. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, we are about to get out of here for the day, and we'll be right back here tomorrow at noon Eastern talking some fantasy football, some fantasy baseball as well. And for those of you who are getting ready to wager on the NBA playoffs, we'll have some tips for you too. So make sure you check us out tomorrow right here on Sports Grid. But before we leave you on this Tuesday afternoon, let's leave you with one final thought. And with that thought, let's turn it over to Joe Pizapia as he ends us with the Sports Grid 60. It's ironic and even a little sad that the places and communities and areas that want and even need college football the most are likely not going to get it. And why? Because a lot of those communities refuse to believe in a lot of the science that was going on there that we could have protected ourselves a little better and protected our game a little better as well. Sometimes lessons are only learned in the hard way. I hope this time we've learned them going forward. All right, Joe, it's uh, really interesting to me to see Cardi B still in the top five of the most downloaded songs on iTunes. But if you had to guess what is just above Cardi B, would you have guessed that Phil Collins in the air tonight is back on the charts 40 years after it was released? Yes, the viral YouTube video that showed two twins freaking out, listening and enjoying in the air tonight has caused this phenomenon of Phil Collins being back on the charts. And why not? Phil Collins, one of the great singers of the 80s and 90s and even in today. It's fun to see some of the classics come back. And in the air tonight, no doubt, one of the great classics of all time for sure. So if you want, download it on Google Play or over on iTunes. But most importantly, make sure you download our show on iTunes and like and subscribe to the show. We are Fantasy Sports Today every Monday through Friday from noon to 2 Eastern. Make sure you catch us here or catch us on demand. Thank you to Andrew Erickson for coming on the show from Pro Football Focus. 
Thank you to Danny Olkers today, uh, helping out big time with our graphics, getting everything on the air, too. Of course, Chris on the updates, helping out with the show, Brett Levy, and our man with the plan, Joe Ranieri, who uh, gets us on the air every single day. For my co-host, Joe Pizapia, I'm Craig Mish. That'll do it for Fantasy Sports today. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at noon. Hope you have a great day, everybody. Stay on the grid. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.